Happy New Year, everyone. Today is January 1st, 2024, and we are kicking off the new year with a brand new podcast here on The Perceptive Photographer. This is episode 460. I am your host, Daniel Gregory. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I hope you are having a wonderful start to 2024. Just as a reminder, all the podcasts come out on Mondays. And so if you are looking for the podcast, they'll be there every Monday morning, usually. Don't forget, if you're not a subscriber, whatever platform you choose to listen to the podcast on, go ahead and click that subscribe button. That'll be a great way to start off 2024 by getting that subscription locked in so you don't miss any future episodes of the podcast. Like I said, I wanted to wish everybody a great start to 2024. I always think that this is an interesting time of year. I know not everybody is always excited about the new year starting or using it as an opportunity to look back and reflect, but I do think a little milestones like this that circle around on the calendar that give us a chance to stop and sort of assess things and think about things, reflect on things are important. And I think part of that process is celebrating all the things that have happened that have gone well or the things that we've done and accomplished or dreamed of and been working on. And also a chance for us to look back and acknowledge the struggles we've been through and the issues and opportunities that came up in the last year that maybe didn't go that way. Maybe we had a more challenging year with family and friends or health. We didn't get as much photography done, but that's okay. We were still working through other things. And so I important for us to really, I think, accept sort of where we're at and to reflect on both the good and the bad as we move through that. Today, I wanted to talk about sort of three things. One, I want to talk about uh, one thing I have talked about before, but I just want to circle back on it because I see it come up over and over again. And that's an assumption that gets made about a photography topic. I also want to talk a little bit about this sort of changing of the clock and thinking about resolutions. And then finally, I want to talk a little bit about forgiveness because I think that's an important thing to do sometimes when we're particularly when we're reflecting back on certain things. But returning to that first subject, one of the things I read over and over again, and it has to do with film photography. And as a person who shot a lot of film, I still have film cameras. I still occasionally work with film. One of the things I consistently read is that the reason people need to shoot film is that film changes how you photograph because it forces you to slow down, to think a little bit more, to be a little bit more contemplative in your photography. And that is an assumption that is not accurate. And I always want to push back on this and challenge on this because part of the reason why film is oftentimes seen as a little bit more contemplating is cost. If I told you, you could go out and shoot as much film as you want, I'll pay for it. I'll pay for the cost of the film, the developing, the printing, the scanning. I'll pay for all of it. And you can do as much as you want. People would shoot millions of frames of photographs because they don't have to incur the cost. And so because of the constraint of cost, film seems a little bit more precious when we're out photographing it. I only have 36 images on this roll. You always read that. Oh, there's only 36 images on a roll. I don't know a film photographer who takes out one roll of film. They put multiple rolls of film in their bag. They can just grab another 36. Again, it costs a lot. It costs more money to get into that realm, to get to work with that film. So each frame is precious because of the cost. But here's the assumption part is that the film is the thing that does that. It's the thing that dictates that. And what I would push back on is that in this case, we're talking about film as a method for contemplating photography. But this can be an assumption about anything you do in your photography. Once we decide that something sort of is the way it is, oh, film is more contemplative. We fall into the trap of not being able to break out of that assumption. The fact is you could be as contemplative as you want. You could go out today with a digital camera with a 50 terabyte card in it and say, I'm only going to make 72 frames or 36 frames or 10 frames. 
I'm only going to shoot that many. And that's an interesting exercise because it forces you to be more contemplative. It forces you to think about point of view, perspective, movement, light, color, all those things that supposedly film forces you to do, you can force yourself to do with the digital camera. I think what happens is we substitute laziness in our photography for digital because I can fix it in post. I'll just capture a bunch of frames. I'll shoot a bunch. I'll sort it out later. We don't actually engage in the art and craft of photography at the same way because, again, the limitation that is put onto us by the cost of the film. So as you're looking at your assumptions, you think about your assumptions for how you photograph. I think one of the things to do is go back and look at when you make those decisions, when you make those assumptions, what's really at the root of that piece? What's at the root of that assumption? Film makes me more contemplative because it forces me to slow down. It forces me to think about things more. So you can't do that with a digital camera? Oh, well, sure, I could do it. I could go ahead and be a little more contemplative, but why do that? I've got all this horsepower behind me on the digital camera, and it's free to shoot as many frames as I want. Okay, well, that's a different question, different assumption, different way of thinking. But there is nothing in that realm of how you behave behind one camera that has to change when you work behind another camera. Yes, it comes with convenience. Yes, it comes with more opportunity. Yes, there's some great things that come about that. But when we make assumptions, it's always important for us to think about the root of that assumption. Because there's a lot of photographers doing amazing work, and they're not photographing a million frames a year to get to it. They're working digitally, but they're working smart. They're working succinctly. They're thinking with purpose and intention. They're contemplative of what they're doing. And those photographs are coming out absolutely amazing. So really think about any assumption you have, whether you've got film, digital, oh, you can't do this, you can't do that, whatever those are, go back and really examine at the root of that assumption, is it grounded in something true or is it grounded in something as a behavior that you're not interested in or as a blind spot to your own way of being? And I think it would be an interesting opportunity for you to go back and look at that because there are several in all of our photography probably where we've made some decisions and continue to reinforce those that may or may not be accurate. The second thing I want to talk about sort of dovetails a little bit into that and sort of re-examining some of the assumptions, but it's in thinking about resolutions. And I was looking at a lot of articles coming up about New Year's resolutions and making resolutions. And then I was looking at habits and how long does it take habits to stick? Because there's all sorts of weird assumptions about, oh, it takes 21 days for a habit to stick, which is actually not true. That was actually a completely misdiagnosed study from the 1960s. It had nothing really to do with forming habits. Any of those things we sort of think about, how do I get engaged in a more meaningful way with this? Resolutions are sort of like that. How do I get something going that I find interesting? But one of the interesting components about resolutions is I always tell the joke that when I was 21, I made the resolution to never make another New Year's resolution, and it's the only one I've ever kept. But resolutions is an interesting word because I think attached to that can be goals, ideas, plans, notions, feelings, uh, beliefs that there's a lot of things we can come back and sort of re-examine at certain points in our life and certain milestones in our life. And again, like I said, the changing of the calendar from one year to the next affords us an opportunity to recognize that this is a chance to do that. It's again, a, a hallmark for us to look at and anticipate and sort of use as a point of, of reflection. And whether you make resolutions or not, I do think it's important to go back and have and think about goals and ideas that you had in your photography, things that you want to accomplish, things that you have accomplished. Like I said, it's important to celebrate the things that went well. I think it's important for us to look at where we want to go with our photography and not necessarily just 
hoity-toity aspirational things, but real effective things in our photography, concrete things that we want to get better at. Maybe it's noticing the edge of the frame. I had to really focus on that, and I still miss that sometimes. I get so enamored with what's going on with the main subject of the photograph, I sometimes don't check all the edges of the frame. Then I get back, and I'm a little frustrated at that. So I can have the idea, the notion, the goal, whatever I want to call it, the resolution to say, I'm going to be more attentive to the edges of my frames in camera. Maybe there's something in the way you process your photographs. Maybe it's you've always said you were going to print some images and you've never gotten around to it. But recognizing that these goals, these aspirations, these ideas are important for us to have, and they're important for us to examine over and over again, because sometimes we hold on to a goal or a resolution that is meaningless. It's not actually going to help us, and it just sits there as a dead weight. It fills the suitcase, it fills the glass with water, and we don't get room for anything else to fit into there. All of those ideas, all of those concepts, all of those notions, as we revisit them, when we relook at them, give us a chance to really sort of assess what matters to us, how successful we're being, how unsuccessful we're being, and whether success even matters at all. You know, sometimes we think of the idea of like, oh, I really want my work out there and I want to share it and I want to show it and I want galleries and I want magazines. Does that actually really matter? Or what does it matter is that you're using that as a tool to get motivated to go out and photograph and that the photographs actually matter to you. The things you're photographing, or maybe you're using photography as a way to force travel. What really matters is that you're getting out and seeing the world, but recognizing that there's an opportunity there to assess the value of those beyond just whether or not you've been successful or not. And to that end, I think the last little piece I wanted to talk about is the notion of forgiveness of self in the creative process. That we can beat ourselves up over and over again for things that we have done, things that we particularly haven't done. And we look at that Lightroom catalog that we haven't organized year after year after year, and we slowly beat ourselves up over that. We can forgive ourselves from that. And in that forgiveness comes an opportunity for us to take a different path, a different step forward, a different notion forward. We don't have to carry that angst, guilt, negative connotations around something that hasn't been done or something that hasn't gone well or something that we wish we'd done or some behavior that we'd like to change that we're working on, but we're not always successful at. Whatever that is, that forgiveness becomes something important because in the creative practice, we're going to make a lot of mistakes. We're going to try things that don't work. We're going to aspire for things that we never attempt. And that's okay. That's part of the creative practice. That's part of the creative process. What's important though, is that we don't get hung up on those things that work, that don't work, those things that work, but not the way we expected. And moving ourselves continually forward is what ultimately matters in that creative practice. Not allowing that angst to cause us to stop working. The answers are always in the work. The more work we create, the more answers we get. That's one of the beauties of the creative practice. Whether you're sketching, drawing, photographing, sculpting, whatever you're doing, we always find answers in that process. But when we get stuck, when we start to criticize ourselves more than we need to, more than we should, and we're unwilling to let ourselves be who we are, that can become a real significant problem in our creative practice. So I would encourage you, even if you don't do any resolutions, even if you don't think about any assumptions, pick a couple of those things that you beat yourself up over and over again about not being successful for or not achieving or not working on and forgive yourself for not having done those and let them go. I think you'll find there's some really interesting opportunities to breathe and feel relaxed and engage in a different way when you're not carrying that negative baggage around. Again, I hope you have a wonderful start to 2024. I'm really excited. I love even numbered years for some reason. I have no idea why, but I always do. So I'm excited about 2024. 
Again, you're listening to the Perceptive Photographer Podcast. I'm Daniel Gregory. I hope you have a wonderful start to 2024. May you get some amazing photographs, some amazing opportunities to take photographs, and may 2024 end up being what you want and more.